This is Aria, and you're listening to Mary Farfisa. Have all of you children heard about Mary Farfisa? She's that little girl who rides through space on her space horse, Frisco, looking for songs and sounds and music and noise. When she finds a song or a sound or some music, or some noises that she wants to share with the rest of the universe, she'll catch them in her audio lasso. That's a rope, just like the ones cowboys use in the rodeo. She has all sorts of adventures that children on Earth won't ever have because she travels from star to star and visits all sorts of unusual planets. But Mary Farfisa is still a little girl, and there are some things she has to do, like other little girls, on Earth. And that's what our story is about today, because today's adventure is about Mary Farfisa doing something that all of you children might be doing already. In today's adventure, children, Mary Farfisa is going to go to school. What song does a star sing when it's all by itself? What sound does a comet make when it's flying around? And did you know that the sun enjoys playing the drums? And did you know that the Songs and sounds, music and noise Can be as much fun as a box full of toys Songs and sounds, music and noise I'll catch them all with my lasso Mary Farfisa. Now, Mary and Briscoe have been working in a little solar system called Stittlefix, rounding up old radio waves. When they're not chasing those fast and slippery old waves, which are the bits and pieces of vanished radio programs from long, long ago, Mary and Briscoe stay in their inflatable house. It's that brightly colored house orbiting that big green moon. That's where Mary and Briscoe are right now. Look, there's Mary Farfisa, 
the little girl in the big white space helmet, the shiny white dress, and those sparkly cowboy boots. She's heading toward Briscoe, the space horse's workshop. Briscoe, we have a situation. What is it, Mary? Is something wrong? I'm not sure, but I think so. My parents say it's time I start going to school. Oh, well, that's not so unusual. Kids usually start school around your age. But the universe needs me, Briscoe. We do very important work. Finding lost sounds and pulling wonderful old radio broadcasts from outer space and tracking down lost music to share with people all over the universe? I can't be stuck in a classroom all day doing nothing. You don't do nothing in school, Mary. You do something very important. You learn all about the universe and how it works. But I already know everything. Well, not everything, but I know a lot. You do know a lot, but no matter how much a person knows, it's always exciting to learn new things, and that's why it's fun to go to school. But, Briscoe, I think sending me to school is a very mean thing to do to you. I'll be away all day, and you'll be very lonely, and you won't have anything to do. Mary, I have plenty to do here in the inflatable house. We've rounded up all the old radio waves in this solar system, and I have to clean them up and put them back together again so we can hear what they sound like. But won't you miss me? I don't think so. But I'll be away! You'll only be away at school for part of the day. I won't have time to miss you, and I'll be very busy while you're at school. But I won't be here to help you. You never help me clean up the sounds we catch, Mary. When I start cleaning up radio waves, you go off to play guitar or watch movies. Well, I think you'll miss me. And besides, what if there's an emergency and we have to rush off to another galaxy to fix things? There hasn't been an emergency for quite some time now. You even said you were bored the other day. Well, that's because we caught all the radio waves in this solar system and I don't have any more to chase with my lasso. But Briscoe, what if a big stardust storm blows through outer space and we have to take cover? There was a big stardust storm already not very long ago. And it'll be a long time before we have another storm like that. But what if my parents get sucked away to some far-off planet where they're held prisoner by giant robots? That already happened too, Mary. I don't think it's very likely that will happen again either. But what if the other kids don't like me? Everyone likes you. Handyman Howe's assistant, Jane Seurat, doesn't like me. Oh, well, that's because you tried to steal her job. Briscoe! try to steal her job. Well, anyway, I'm sure everyone at the school will like you, including the teacher. But what if he's an evil teacher, like Snape? Snape wasn't really evil. He was good at the end. Spoiler alert, Briscoe. I haven't finished those books yet. Sorry, but Mary, you're worrying about nothing. There won't be any intergalactic emergencies, the other kids will like you, you won't have an evil teacher, and I'll be just fine without you while you're away at school. When does school start? Tomorrow! But I don't even know how to get to school! Didn't your mom and dad tell you where the school is? Nope. They just said it was a special sort of school, and that I'd like it. But that's all they told me.
Teleportonic delivery, teleportonic delivery. Oh, that must be the collection of Beatle, Broxy, and record albums I ordered. Teleportonic delivery for Mary Fafisa. The delivery's for me! Hmm, so it is. And it's a big package. It's materializing in the teleportonium now. Wow! What is it? Well, let's see. It's all wrapped up. It looks like a long, flat box. Let's take the wrapping off. Look at the return address. It's from the school. This certainly isn't textbooks. It's far too big. Big and flat and rectangular. Maybe it's a painting. I don't think so. It's awfully heavy for a painting. Frisco, look. It, it's a door? It is a door. A very nice, old-fashioned red door with a big golden doorknob. And this gold slot here is what mailmen used to push letters and envelopes through. And look, there's a little gold plaque on it. It says, Mrs. Menlo's class. Yes. And what's this? It's a door knocker, of course. And don't knock with it till it's time for school. If it's not time for school, I won't let you in. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right, but set me upright. Stand me up. I'm not a trap door, I'm a door door. Oh, sure, let me set you right. So, you're the door that Mary will go through to get to school? That's right. Each and every student gets a door. No matter what planet they live on, all they do is go through their door and voila, they're at school. What's the school like? It's terrible. A horrible, awful place. The other kids won't like you and they'll have evil teachers. And if there's a galactic emergency, they won't let you come home to fix things. The emergency just has to wait till school's over. Really? Of course not. I'm kidding. School's great. You need to lighten up, little girl. That night, Mary talked to her friend, Blase Cool Cat, on her my phone. Do you go to school, Blase? Sure, man. I go to school, but it's a very cool school. What kind of school do you go to, Blase? It's the coolest school on the moon. It's called the school for precocious, preposterous, but ultimately promising young people. The teachers there are très hip. I wish I could go to your school on the moon, Blase. If I have to go to school. You are too young to go to my school, Mary Farfisa. But don't worry. Your parents are very cool. They would not send you to a school for school theirs. I hope not, but I guess I'll find out tomorrow. Mary Farfisa tried not to worry about starting school in the morning, but she couldn't stop thinking about it and wondering what it would be like. Briscoe had set up the door that had arrived earlier in the living room of the inflatable house, and Mary couldn't stop guessing at what was behind that door. She tried to get the door to tell her more about school 
and what Mrs. Menlo's class would be like, but it just stood there, tall and silent as, well, as a door. So Mary didn't get a very good night's sleep. She tossed and turned a lot, and then... It was time to go to school. So Mary got out of bed and got dressed and ran down to the inflatable kitchen where Briscoe had made her oatmeal, fruit, and a stack of pancakes with syrup. Then Briscoe went to his workshop to work on all the radio waves they had caught. Mary stood in front of the big red door for what seemed like a very long time, trying to get up the nerve to walk through. What if the other kids don't like me? What if there's a big emergency? What if I get an evil teacher? I guess I'll have to go to school and see. That's a nice song, little girl. But it's almost time for class to start. I know. You have a very nice singing voice. Thanks, Mr. Dorr. I play guitar, too. Really? I'm a musician myself. My three brothers and I formed a band once. And we thought of the best name for our group, too. But it was already taken. Enough chit-chat, Mary Farfisa. That's the school bell. Go on, swing me open. So Mary did as the door told her. She opened the door and looked inside. Behind the door, Mary saw a beautiful blue sky with fluffy white clouds, and she felt a warm, fresh-smelling breeze blowing against her. Well, what are you waiting for? Walk through. It's time for school. But... Go ahead. Don't be afraid. Step through the door. So Mary took a deep breath and stepped through the door. You'll be fine, Mary Farfisa. Ah, you can fly, can't you? No! Ah! Suddenly, Mary was falling down through the beautiful blue sky and past the fluffy white clouds. And then... The first thing Mary Farfisa realized was that she had fallen into an ocean. There was water all around her as far as she could see. It was a gentle ocean, though, full of lazy blue waves. In the sky above her, she saw the red door she had just fallen out of. And there were other doors, too, floating in the air. The other doors were different than her door. There were big doors and small doors. One was green and round, and another was yellow and shaped like a triangle. One was made of multicolored crystals, and another one looked old and strong, like the wooden door of an old castle. The second thing Mary realized was that there were children all around her, all kinds of children. They must have been from planets all over the galaxy because there were as many kinds of children as there were doors in the sky. The children were bobbing about in the ocean on little round rafts. 
The rafts had round bottoms and flat tops. And on each raft was a neat little school desk and a neat little chair. Mary said, Where am I? And a little girl, already seated at one of the floating school desks, said, You're at school, of course. Mary guessed that this little girl had come through the door made of multicolored crystals because she was made of multicolored crystals herself. Then, from the other side of where Mary was floating in the water, a little boy said, from atop his floating desk, Find a desk and take a seat. The little boy was also made of multicolored crystals, like the girl. But he was smaller than the girl was. Look, there's an empty desk right here by us. So Mary swam to the empty raft, and she climbed up onto it and sat down behind the desk. The desk had a computer screen on it and little controls for steering the raft around. Now that she was seated, Mary took another look around her. Students from all over the stars were sitting in their desks, getting ready for their first day of school. Then another door in the sky opened up and... Another student fell from the blue sky. Wow, school is nothing like I thought it would be. My name's Crystal. And I'm her little brother, Chip. We're geomites from the planet Gallium. I'm Mary Farfisa. My parents are from Radiophonica, but I was born on Derbyshire. It's moon. We have kids from all kinds of neat planets in our class. But where's our teacher? Where's Mrs. Menlo? Meanwhile, children, Briscoe, the space horse, sat in his workshop. Mary had only been gone a little while, but Briscoe had looked at the clock several times to see how long she'd been gone. He had started working on those radio waves, but his mind kept wandering. Was Mary all right? Was school as bad as she had thought it would be? He even went down to the living room and asked the door about how Mary was doing. But the door wasn't talking. Briscoe asked the door several times for news of Mary, but he got no answer at all. And after a while, even a talking horse will feel silly for asking a door for answers. Briscoe even tried to open the door and peek inside but it was locked up tight. Suddenly, an envelope was pushed briskly through the mail slot. It fell on the floor in front of Briscoe. What's this? Why, it's a letter, and it's addressed to me. Let's see what it says. <clears throat> Please refrain from pestering the students during the first day of school. Thank you. Mrs. Menlo. How rude. Meanwhile, back at school, Crystal the Geomite was just about to answer Mary's question. Where's Mrs. Menlo? But suddenly she didn't have to, for something huge and blue pushed its way up through the waves, right in front of all the little floating school desks. 
It made such a commotion that the floating desks rocked about on the waves, so much that some of the students had to hang on to their desks to keep from falling off. What was it that had come up from the depths of the ocean? Why, it was Mrs. Menlo. That's Mrs. Menlo. That's Mrs. Menlo? Yep. Our, our teacher is a whale? Yep. And indeed, Mrs. Menlo was a whale. She was blue and bouncy looking, and she moved very nimbly and quickly through the water for one so large. Behind her, her tail fins jutted up perkily from the water. Mrs. Menlo had long blue hair tied back in a ponytail and a big pair of round red glasses. She greeted the children cheerfully, and when she laughed, a big plume of watery mist sprayed up from the top of her head and fell down on the children. It's time, it's time for class to begin. You may have noticed we're in the ocean, so I hope you all can swim. Don't worry, I'll look after you. I'm Mrs. Menlo, I'm your teacher, and that's what teachers do. You're not ready for college, but you're ready for knowledge, and there's plenty of that here in the sea. For you see, this sea is no ordinary sea. It's the sea of information. The sea of information? Yes, you might get wet, but you'll get an education in the sea of information. Wow! Just hitch your school desks to my tail. I'm big enough to pull you all because I'm a whale. We'll dive without hesitation into the sea of information. Are you ready to dive? Let's begin our investigation in the sea of Well now, children, some time has passed, and Briscoe the Space Horse is sitting in his workshop. Hmm, it doesn't look like he's gotten very much work done. I thought it would be easier to work with Mary gone for a while. No one to burst in and ask me questions every few minutes, not having to ask her to turn her music down every other few minutes. Shouldn't she be back by now anyway? What are they doing with her at that school? What are they, kidnappers? She's not due home yet at all, Briscoe. Look at the clock. (sighs) 
Please refrain from pestering the students. But before very long, although it seemed quite a long time to Briscoe, the big red door swung open. Briscoe! Mary, you're back. I mean, oh, are you back already? Yep. I'm back from my first day at school. Was it terrible? Did they treat you like tiny scholastic prisoners? No, Briscoe. It was fun. Were there bullies? You don't have to put up with bullies, you know. After all, you stood up to the 50-foot kitten. No, there were no bullies. The other kids were nice. They were from all over the universe. And Mrs. Menlo wasn't cruel and scary. She certainly didn't sound very nice in her letter. What letter, Briscoe? Oh, never mind that. You were saying you liked Mrs. Menlo? Yes, she was super nice. And Briscoe, she's a whale. A whale? Yes, a beautiful big blue whale with long fluffy blue hair tied back in a kind of ponytail. And she wears big round glasses and she's very smart and kind to all the children. Oh, that's good. And our classroom is in an ocean. The sea of information. That's where Mrs. Menlo's classes are held. So, did you have to tread water all day? No, we all have floating desks. Our desks are on little round rafts, and we can steer them around in the water and gather around Mrs. Menlo while she's teaching. But one student, who's a mermaid, has her desk underwater, and she just pokes her head up above the water to listen. I've always wanted to meet a mermaid. What? The water in the sea of information is intelligent water. It's full of stored information and virtual holograms of all the things we're going to study. And when Mrs. Menlo teaches a really important lesson, we all attach our desks to her tail and she pulls us all behind her, underwater. And we go through 3D recreations of whatever she's talking to us about. Really? How do the students breathe underwater? It's not a problem for me because of my helmet. And the mermaid's fine with it too. But it's okay for all of us because when we go underwater, a glass dome appears over each of our school desks. So it's like we're riding in bubbles behind Mrs. Menlo. Well, that sounds like fun. Today, Mrs. Menlo talked about numbers, and while she talked about numbers, they were swimming in the water all around us, as big as Mrs. Menlo. Briscoe, did you know that a gabillion is not really a number? I've suspected that for a long time. And guess what? What? We have recess on a tropical island. It's called Recess Island. And guess what else? It has palm trees and monkeys on it. Still, it must have been kind of boring compared to our exciting work in outer space. So, I was thinking, why don't we go out on a last roundup of the solar system, see if we missed any of those old radio waves? Um, sure, we can do that. I'll go get my lasso, but I have to be back in time to do my homework. Briscoe, I think you missed me when I was at school. Nonsense. I was absorbed in my work, and I didn't think of you once. Okay, if you say so.
Today's Mary Farfisa adventure was written and produced by Jim Sheff. It starred Kara Albach as Mary Farfisa, Nancy Andrews as the narrator, Isaac Andrews as Dor, Leslie Baker as Mrs. Menlo, Jim Sheff as Briscoe the Space Horse, Katie King as Blase Cool Cat, Anna Shockey as Crystal, April Stalder as Chip, and Jag Thacker was the voice of the Teleportonium. There were some big words in today's play, weren't there, children? Yes! Blase Cool Cat told Mary that she attends the school for precocious, preposterous, but ultimately promising young people. Does anyone know what the word precocious means? Oh, 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 I do, I do. All right, Chip. What does precocious mean? Precocious means having the ability to grow bright red feathers after eating a cheeseburger. Oh, not quite, Chip. Precocious means unusually talented or intelligent at an early age. Oh. But what does preposterous mean, Mrs. Menlo? Preposterous means contrary to reason or common sense. Blase's definitely preposterous sometimes. We all are, Mary. But if you are a child who knows what words like precocious and preposterous mean, people will consider you quite promising. Our theme song was written and performed by Kara Albach. Mrs. Menlo's song was performed by Leslie Baker and Kara Albach. And we heard Low Light by Tim Young from his album No Stranger. Mary Farfisa and today's Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater Adventure are copyright 2017 by Jim Sheff, All Rights Reserved. Ah!